Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the 588th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein, give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Red Bull News Network. And now, being a part of Beyond the 90 on Substack.com, along with Carter Krishnire. Once as always, uh, the show is dedicated to the American game, no matter what. Chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. You have a question for me. I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the CONCACAF Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, it is all over. It's done and dusted. We have a new champion in Club Leon. In CONCACAF, we have... Manchester City, a new European club champion in UEFA, and you got to say both sides were excellent and deserving champions. Look, I want to say LAFC was a more, probably a more deserving champion, but look, the truth is Club Leon was the better side. LAFC sadly uh, could not muster that important goal or two goals to overtake them or at least force them into extra time. So that is all you can say and do. But the truth is when you look at the broadcasting prowess from the two American sports broadcasting companies that were showing the top club international competition of both regions, CBS with UEFA Champions League, Fox Sports with the CONCACAF Champions League, there's really no comparison whatsoever. It's just basically night and day. And the truth is, It's really a shame. It's just a shame that Fox Sports cannot get out of their own way. And this is why it saddens me that they continue to fail. And they fail flawlessly. Why do I say this? Simple. Very, very simple. Because... As you know, as you know, they continue to prove to all of us that they just cannot do the job. When you're getting ready to watch the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final, what did we miss? Well, we missed the pregame entertainment That was coming to you live from BMO Stadium in downtown Los Angeles. Who did show it? 
besides CONCACAF on the international side of things. Univision. Because why? Because Univision shows respect and the care for the game. Now, it's automatic because we all know, we all know very well that they always show care for this game. I understand Spanish language television, but still, though, you want to see that same care for the American Broadcasting Network, which is, of course, Fox Sports. We did not see the pregame entertainment. The start of the match was changed to Fox Sports 2 because Fox Sports 1 still had NASCAR. And after the match was over, we had the people in the studios running in the control room, cutting from the stadium back to the desk, back to the stadium, back to the desk, back to the stadium. Meanwhile, CBS had hour and a half of pregame showing musical entertainment before the game, the game, broadcasters talking during the medal ceremony and did not deviate from the pitch. And when it was time for the postgame show, you went straight to the desk on pitch side with Kate Abdo, Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, and Micah Richardson. And they got the players, they got Pep Guardiola from Manchester City to talk to them about the match. And even though the window for CBS Sports on the national channel disappeared, they continued on informing everyone, go to CBS Sports Network. Now, obviously, on Paramount Plus, it was seen throughout the streaming service, and that's fine, too. But where is the care from Fox Sports? Because CBS has blown them out of the water. CBS Sports is truly showing how much care and professionalism they put out with their product. Now, let me just say this. This is not a slight on the people who are broadcasting these games, meaning the people in front of the cameras. Rob Stone does a great job. Alexi Lawless does a great job. Stu Holden, John Strong, they do a great job. Other broadcasters do a great job. Keith Costigan, Warren Barton, J.P. Della Camera, Kobe Jones, they are not the problem. Behind the cameras, in the control room, and the head of Fox Sports that has disappointed us Every moment that they have taken over the soccer broadcasting properties and sadly, sadly, ending Fox Soccer Channel for such a long period of time. The day that NBC no longer was a partner with MLS, 
Fox Sports comes in and took over. And even though the rebrand started off strong, it started off well, what happened? It came back to going to the same old pathetic situation. This is why me, as a person who works in the sports news industry, this to heart and I take this seriously. Because what I have seen is just downright disgusting and terrible. I am ashamed. I am ashamed for those who work for Fox Sports. Because I think they're not being put in the best positions to succeed. Maurice Edu, working for both CBS Sports and Fox Sports for the soccer coverage. When Maurice Adu is on CBS, he acts normal. When he's on Fox, he's got to go by what they tell him to do. And I feel bad for Maurice Adu because he is an accomplished analyst for soccer in this country on American sports television. He has done a great job analyzing games on CBS Sports Network. But when you get to Fox, it's a little bit wishy-washy, but it's not his fault. Not his fault. Because the people at Fox just do not do the job they're supposed to do. Whatever they've done for Major League Baseball, it's top-notch. Whatever their job they've done for the NFL, top-notch. College sports, MLS, CONCACAF Champions League... Gold Cup, I mean, most of the time the broadcasters are in the studios, except for John Strong and Stu Holden, because they are live at the stadiums to do the U.S. men's national team games, and that's it. And that's the shame of it. Even though this past CONCACAF Champions League final in the second leg John Strong and Stu Holden were in the in the TV booth in BMO Stadium. They weren't in Seattle. They were not in the television booth in Seattle. They did it from their studios in California, L.A. And that is a shame. Because all the things that I look for is the higher priority games. Yes, we know. Europe, South America. We all know this. All we care about is the ratings. All they care about is the ratings. All they care about is how many people are watching UEFA competitions, whether it be the Champions League, Europa League, and even the European Cup. And they're going to have it next, next summer. But the problem is going to be on everything on their Fox programs because they're going to use their Tubi streaming service and it's just a shame just a shame all I can say is this so all I can say is this 
Um, all you can say is is this. Is that it's just an absolute disgrace. It's just a shame. Fox Sports is just not doing the job. Unfortunately, it's just a very, very tough situation. And hopefully Fox Sports can one day fix these things. So all I can say is it's just an absolute disgrace. It's just terrible, absolutely terrible, and all you can do is got to hope and pray this situation just fixes itself if, if it can. Nothing more you can say, nothing more you can do. All you can do is just hope and pray that they do the job right. Can fix their issues. Now, as we get ready for the show tonight, we're going to be previewing the CONCACAF Gold Cup preliminaries, and uh, I'm hoping that we do get my first guest on, and, you know, he is international, so let's just uh, get it straight here. We're trying to connect here. This is uh, Mr. Uh, Jaden, if I can pronounce his last name correctly, uh, Jaden Fanietti. Uh, he does Curacao Football News, and you can follow him on Twitter at Curacao Football One. That's the uh, the name. I'm trying to get him on uh, the show, and unfortunately, um, we're having some issues at the moment. But we're trying to get uh, each other to connect because I really wanted to talk about the upcoming Gold Cup qualifiers for the six nations that are be fighting each other for the three spots. Or should I say, the, excuse me, the uh, the 12 nations that are fighting each other for the three spots to get to the Gold Cup. And hopefully, hopefully um, I can get him on because I really want to see if I can get him on uh, the show because I would love for him to talk about this. So once again... Uh, hopefully, I can get him on.
if I can try and uh, get him to uh, if I can contact him hopefully and uh, if I can try and get this done hopefully we can get it done um, I can see if I can try and get it done because I, I really want to have him on. I really invited him on the show and I was hoping we can get him. So hopefully I can get him on the show here. So So let's see if I can get him on now. It is an international call because uh, he is a uh, – nope, that's not what I want to do. Let's see if I can get him. And we're having some uh, issues at the moment. I'm trying to get him on. So where is the situation? I really want Um, hang on one second, trying to find my, uh, list here. I'm trying to see if I can, um, Yeah, just trying to see if I can get him on the on the phone. He is coming actually from the Netherlands um, to uh, get him to uh, get him on the show if I could or not. But one thing is for sure, it's really a shame. Uh, I really uh, would love to see if he can get on if we can. Because I really would love to have him on the show and talk about Curacao football. But one thing is for sure is that they do have a damn good roster. We all know um, their head coach has done a great job. Of course, they brought him back. And that is Remco Bicentini, who has done uh, an excellent job and
So we'll see. We're trying to get. Uh, it looks like we may not be able to get Jaden here. But, um, you know, once again, Curacao, uh, they have done a lot. I think I might have him. There he is. Now we're going to – hello there. Now we're going to have – I'm going to take off the headset, ladies and gentlemen, because I have him on right now. Jaden uh, Fanietti, correct? Fanietti. Very nice to meet you. Sorry it's going to be like this, but I'm glad I have you on. And uh, I got the microphone close to you so you can talk. Um, just to talk to us about Curacao, how important was it to have um, go uh, B. Centini back as manager of the national team? Yeah, um, the, the opinions about him were the to keep on attracting um, dual nationals of high level. And, and again, some people were in favor of him because he has a lot of experience, um, not only with the culture, but the team as well. He's the son of a former legend of the QSL national team, uh, in the 50s and 60s, uh, that played against for the QSL national team in the Netherlands, one of the first uh, black professional players in the Netherlands as well. Uh, so his father was pretty well known here, and he was with the Netherlands Antilles national team as an assistant coach, Remco Vicentini, in 2007 till 2010. Then uh, it became Curacao national team as there was no longer a Netherlands Antilles. And Remco stayed on as an assistant till, uh, yeah, he stayed with the national team till 21. Uh, he had experienced a lot of managers since then. Uh, he stayed as an assistant and built up experience with uh, Patrick Kluivert and a few other coaches. So, yeah, he had a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, some people are like, nah, he's not a big name. You know, he doesn't have much experience as a first-team coach. Um, he also had some time as an assistant manager uh, in Canada to John Erdman. He was an assistant at NEC in the Eredivisie for a year as well. So, you know, he does have experience, but not as a first-team coach. But or not as... Not much of it, because he was our first-team coach before that as well, after Petr Klerwitt. Um But yeah, he knows the players. He knows the players. They're, they're like one big family. He knows the players for years now. And yeah, he's, he's still uh, attracting. He has managed to attract 
other names as well because the advantage that he has is he is not a big name, but he has been the first team coach before. Uh, so he has been talking to Nationals before, for years ago. That's great. And so he's managed to attract them. So, yeah, we're, we're still growing. And he knows the players very well. So, yeah, it's not about really settling in too much. Um, but, yeah, he, he he's managed four games right now. Uh, we had two friendlies against Indonesia. Uh, I think it was August, September. They didn't go very well. But, yeah, we missed a lot of players. Um, they were very tense friendlies. <laughs> very tense. Uh, after that, we had the final two Nations League matches against uh, Honduras and Canada. And... Yeah. No, I was gonna yeah, we. You, uh, I was gonna ask you actually, um, because it's a, it's a big match uh, this coming Friday. You're gonna be taking on, well, they'll be taking on Saint Kitts and Nevis. Uh, how difficult is Saint Kitts, and is there any rivalry between the two islands uh, that you are aware of? No, not much of a rivalry. We haven't played too much against them. But uh, despite having a lot of injuries, we still have a very solid and experienced midfield and a very experienced center back in Cuco Martina, a solid left back, uh, and Cheryl Fulanis that plays in Turkey, first division. Eli Rome, you know, one of the best goalkeepers in Congregaf. So, um, yeah, the people are still pretty confident that we should be able to beat St. Kitts and Nevis. themselves on the football map, not just in CONCACAF, I think in FIFA as well. What has that done for everyone in Curacao to give them the hope that maybe there is a World Cup qualification run somewhere down the line? And at the same time, the possibility of maybe being a, a surprise team to knock off one of the big boys in the Confederation. Yeah, um, we, uh, of course, <laughs> the match against Argentina wasn't too good for the morale, but we managed to beat Honduras, and, you know, everybody never, everybody's not forgetting the draw against Jamaica in the previous Gold Cup in 2019. Uh, we've kept most of those players and have improved since that 2019 Gold Cup run. Um you know, we've, we've been growing steadily, uh, despite, yeah, there being a rough period between 2020 and the pandemic, and I'd say 2021, 2022. But, um, yeah, we've, we've definitely grown, and we're, we're definitely capable of upsets. Now we we have a Jurgen Lucadia as well up front. We were definitely missing a good goal-scoring striker all the time because we usually have a lot of possession against everyone except for, you know, the top three, Canada, USA, Mexico, et cetera. But we usually have a lot of possession. But, yeah, we can't finish our chances. And, yeah, it's it's very promising to have Lucadia as well now. It's a great addition. Uh, very likely he'll be the starting striker as well. So And he's been scoring 
Alan has been in the Chinese Super League recently, so he'll be in great form as well. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, have a nice night. You too, have a nice night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Jaden Fanietti, Curacao Football News. I'm glad we got him. I'm glad he came on the show and to talk about what Curacao is going to do in these Gold Cup preliminaries this upcoming Friday and Saturday. Joining me now, uh, he covers Puerto Rican football uh, for Football Boricua, and that is Edwin Jacino. Edwin, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Um, Just if you listen to me a little bit winded, I'm walking through old San Juan right now, so, you know, I'm also... Out with family, but I am taking my time to talk to you guys tonight. Thank you very much. And actually, it's Daniel, not Mark, but that's okay. Uh, Mark. I'm anyway. Sorry, no, no, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> but anyway. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. You're fine. Anyway, let me just um, ask you this question. Obviously, that even though it's League C in the CONCACAF Nations League, and there's only four matches to be played, how important has it been to see Puerto Rico really improving themselves and getting to this point that they probably haven't been uh, probably since forever? Because we all know Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic are baseball islands, and now they're proving their worth to becoming football islands. Mm-hmm. Well, it is important. We've been... We've technically been very close to um, classifying to the Gold Cup before. Back in 2016, we were 45 minutes from classifying, from qualification, actually. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, I think, two late goals by, by Antigua that left us out. So we were very, very close to qualification back in 2016. And it's nice. It's really good for us to be, again, in this position to attempt uh, qualif- to, to qualify for the Gold Cup in, in a general sense. We know where, we know these two games, or these two potential games are, are, you know, the road that we need to take. But we need to, like Alcholo would say, um, we have to take this one game at a time. So the important game is against Suriname. And that's what we need to be focusing on. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll get to that match in just a moment. But let me also um, ask you this. Obviously, Dave Sarakin was the head coach for Puerto Rico's national team. And what did he do to instill the confidence mm-hmm. in the players to have that run in League C in, in the group? I believe it was Group C uh, that they were able to dominate their uh, fellow in opponents in that group. Give me a minute. There sure. we go. So. We're waiting. Maybe he's in a bad area, but hopefully he'll. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, um, good. We were talking good. about Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we were talking about Sarah, and 
um, it was very important for us to have a a coach like Sarakin be the be our head coach because not only did it um, did it how do I say this did it give legitimacy to the to the Puerto Rico men's national team um, program, but it also gave um, it gave confidence to the players knowing that uh, the size of Sarakan and that you know that baggage that football baggage rooting from them and was helping them out. So that is why you have um, players like Derek Valentine deciding to don the the national colors. Because other if it, if it wasn't for Sarakin being involved, um, you know, Valentine would not would, would never have said yes. And of course, now you have uh, a brand new head coach in Charlie Trout. Um, who took over for uh, Sarakin. What what do you know about Charlie? Uh, what promise do you think he's going to show in these uh, Gold Cup qualifiers? What confidence do the uh, football supporters of Puerto Rico have uh, when they do travel to Fort Lauderdale to watch their national team in this tournament? Well, do you want me to be... Um, do you want me to, to pull my punches or do you want me to be outright and... And honest. <laughs> Listen to me. Okay. This is your time. You go ahead with all, whatever's on your okay. mind. You have free range, sir. There's no politics here. Charlie Trout. Any any confidence? He yes. He he was um, Sir Atkins, um assistant coach. But what assistant coach accepts the job and doesn't tell his uh, accepting that job, which is the job that his mentor had. Mm-hmm. He never, he never, he never had that courtesy. So, um, and knowing that Charlie has never had this type of, um, has never been at this type of level before, really doesn't give anybody any, any confidence regarding his ability to lead. He's his only two games um, were in March, if I'm not mistaken against very easy um, against the minnows of the group and we were we had already classified so it, it, they were really treated more as friendlies and and seeing um, new talent but to be honest there is no not much hope or or any trust in in regard to 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 charlie we we it's a let's wait and see because we also have the you know the the courage uh, world champion, the World Cup champion um, in the you know the Argentina coach, who had never had any type of experience before leading um, at this level, and he got Argentina. Um, he led Argentina with Lionel Messi and others um, to the to the World Cup. So you know, at the end of the day, it's 11 players against 11 players, and once that um once the referee uh gives a go to the to the team to the to the game it's all in the players um, uh, coaches rarely have a lot of influence 
um, within the game itself. They have to depend on on whether they show the correct players, whether whether their you know whether their strategy is going to work. No, I understand where you're coming from. You want to make sure that you got the right man who's going to do the right job and go out there and to give those players uh, the necessary tactics to go out for victory. Believe me, I understand where you're coming from because we're having our own issues here with U.S. soccer, uh, giving this uh, B.J. Callahan the interim job to the interim who just left for the Middle East to take over uh, at the job over there. Uh, so depending on this roster right now, and obviously the, we have the preliminary rosters in front of me here for, uh, from CONCACAF for the Puerto Rican national team, well, who is the most the dangerous roster, player? The final, oh, final roster? Go we ahead. Have, we have the final roster, at least for the Curacao game, when it, we're talking about um, missing from that roster is Jeremy de Leon, who plays for Castellón, mm-hmm. He's currently leading Castellón in their in their fight for promotion. So that is what we, we believe that is, that is the reason why he declined to come play for Puerto Rico in the World Cup. Oh, I'm sorry, not the World Cup, in the Gold Cup. Uh, but there are other rumors um, regarding uh, De Leon, where he you know he's being scouted out by the U.S. men's national team. Um, so. There could be a little bit of a, a mixed interest in regarding Jeremy, but other than that, we have other than Jeremy not being there, we have m- m- most of the players that you would think that would be called up. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that should be a fun one. You know, we remember here in uh, in U.S. soccer, we remember the Puerto Rico Islanders how strong of a club they were uh, in USL action, uh, how they qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League. Adrian Whitbread was their manager at the time. Uh, There was, of course, Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. FC, and unfortunately both clubs, it fizzled out, uh, unfortunately. But still, though, Puerto Rico now improving, getting better. Uh, Will we see any more Puerto Rican players coming to MLS or USL? Uh, anywhere off the island, what are we seeing so far? Because we all know how good th- they are at baseball, that's for sure. <laughs> We're also good at basketball. <laughs> um, well, that's true, have- too, but I didn't want to <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, um, I mean, all the, the more popular sport in Puerto Rico is actually basketball, so I'm just uh, I'm just teasing you a little bit with that um, and giving you a fun <laughs> fact. But, yeah, um, there, there are players that are coming up. That are that are going to be able to to get to the USL. Um, some kids from I know for a fact that there are some uh, some of the U17s and the U20s that have been scouted out by by agents interested in moving them to the MLS. Um, but the problem with, that we have with um, in Puerto Rico is that most of our players. Since they're not being formed in a professional environment, um, they don't know a good opportunity when it when it's presented to them. And unless you know, instead of working for it, sometimes they 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 get frustrated because they're not being immediately signed for a D1 spot or a 
for a USL starting spot. Uh, so that's where we are at right now. But there are a lot of um, kids that that have the talent and have the uh, and have the let's just say the the soccer IQ to make it in mm-hmm. USL to make it in, in MLS. Um, we currently have two, like I said, we currently have two Puerto Ricans playing in the third division of um, of Spain. Um, we've had Puerto Ricans play the first division before in the past in in Spain. We've also we also have Puerto Ricans playing in in the MLS. We have um, Static and we have um, this kid from Orlando Rivera. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have the. We have the capacity of having our our players in the MLS and the USL. It just it just takes them to understand that you have to you have to play for it, you have to fight for it. Nothing's gonna be handed to you. And sometimes that mentality is what's what's lacking in most of our in some or a majority of our players. No, absolutely, and hopefully uh, they'll do well. Now let's talk about the big matchup right now. Uh, Puerto Rico will be taking on Suriname, and they will be at the DRV PNK Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which that will be the home base for all of the uh, Gold Cup preliminary uh, matches that will be seen on Fox Sports 2 as well as Fox Soccer Plus here in the States, not sure what will be seen over locally in Puerto Rico, but what is it about Suriname right now that has you maybe concerned, uh, maybe not concerned, maybe uh, this will be uh, uh, an opportunity to uh, get a notch on the belt and move on to the final round of qualification? Oh, well, to be honest, what, what worries me the most, when, when we look at the paper, you know, when we look at things just on paper, um, Suriname has players playing in the Eredivisie, the has players in you know in the Bundesliga and Italy. Uh, give me a minute. Puerto Rico, on the other hand, you know most of our players are either third division with Spain or USL, or very few are actually playing professional. So that worries me because um, Suriname is a professional. Professional, has professional players in most of their areas, whereas we have maybe five that are playing professionally currently. So that is what that's what worries me the most currently. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, and hopefully they'll they'll put on a great show, and they'll have a good fight on our hands, and a good fight in their hands, and uh, we'll get an entertaining match. Uh, I'll be rooting for Puerto Rico. I want to see them do well. I think this is a great opportunity for the national team. I mean, they did well in their Nations League uh, group in League C, and that means they'll be in League B for the next edition. And uh, I'm I'm rooting for them to do well. I want to see them uh, advance. Yeah, I think we're all rooting for that. Um, but I also, if there aren't any Puerto Rican fans listening to me, I'm also um, suggesting or advising that we that we maintain our expectations low, so that if we pass and we do, uh, you know, we do the the we do what we break the uh, the rule book or the or the or the script we can actually enjoy it more. Exactly. I don't know about the uh, rule book, but definitely the script. At least 
the script, yeah, because in the script, Suriname has to is is the favorite to to go through. Exactly. Very true. Edwin, listen, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for giving us some insights on uh, Puerto Rican football for the national team. And I hope to have you back yep. on again another time. Take care, and thank you once again for joining me. And anytime, anytime, David. Daniel. Daniel, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Don't anytime, worry. Daniel. One, one more strike and you're out. No, I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. I, Have sorry, a good night. Thank you so much. That's okay. Don't you worry too. about it. I'll get you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Edwin, just good night. Edwin Gisino from Football Boricua. As uh, we talk about the Puerto Rican national team going for the Gold Cup preliminaries, and we'll see what they'll do against Suriname. And here is the schedule, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the Gold Cup preliminaries uh, this upcoming Friday, June 16th. Uh, you will see it once again either on Fox Soccer Plus or Fox Sports 2. Here is that schedule for the preliminaries for the Gold, CONCACAF Gold Cup. On Friday, June 16th, Trinidad and Tobago will be hosting, excuse me, will be taking on Guadalupe at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox Soccer Plus. Martinique will be taking on St. Lucia, 7 p.m. And Curaçao hosting, or excuse me, taking on St. Kitts and Nevis, 9 p.m. Those, those two matches will be on Fox Sports 2. And then on Saturday, June the 17th, French Guyana will be taking on St. Martin. Uh, that'll be at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Suriname will be hosting Puerto Rico at 7 p.m. Eastern. Both those games will be on Fox Soccer Plus. And, of course, finally, Guyana will be taking on Grenada, 9 o'clock Eastern, on Fox Sports 2. The winners of both first-round preliminary matches will face each other in the final round of the Gold Cup of the Gold Cup preliminaries, which will all be on Tuesday, June the 20th, on Fox Sports 2. And that, my friends, is going to be a fun time to watch. It should be exciting. And you will find out which one or which of these teams will be planted in their respective Gold Cup group stage teams and who the United States will face off against in one of the three group stage games, uh, as well as for Mexico and for Canada. So it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen there. And, of course, we already know the roster for the CONCACAF Gold Cup for the U.S. men's national team. And here it is coming up right now. As we get ready to talk about the Gold Cup that's coming, here is the roster for the U.S. men's national team for the Gold Cup. In goal, we will have Sean Johnson, Matt Turner, and coming off fresh from the under-20 tournament, Gaga Slonina. Your defenders are Dewan Jones of the Revolution, Aaron Long of LAFC, Matt Miazga of FC Cincinnati, Jalen Neal of LA Galaxy, Brian Reynolds, Miles Robinson of Atlanta United, John Tolkien of the New York Red Bulls, and DeAndre Yedlin of Inter Miami. In the midfield, Gianluca Busio coming from um, Venice in Italy, Jordi Mahalovic 
I believe he's still with F Club Football Montreal. Uh, Aiden Morris from Columbus, Christian Roldan from Seattle, James Sands uh, back with New York City FC, and Alan Soniora. And the forwards are coming also fresh from the U.S. Under-20 tournament. Cade Cowell, the San Jose Earthquakes. Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas. Julian Gressel of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Jordan Morris of the Seattle Sounders. Brandon Vazquez of FC Cincinnati and Alex Zendejas of Club America. So yes, a heavily MLS roster for the CONCACAF Gold Cup, but that is what we have right now as BJ Callahan, the interim interim manager of the U.S. men's national team, uh, giving out this roster, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it right there. And for the New York Rebels, once again, John Tolkien, congratulations. Your first first international tournament for the U.S. men's national team. Let us hope you will be selected for the starting 11 or coming into the match from the substitute bench. Some exciting times here, ladies and gentlemen, and it should be exciting and it should be fun. Yes, no Red Bull match to discuss of. They are currently on their break. They will be once again on their break and be back in action in midweek next Wednesday on the 21st of June as they will host Charlotte FC. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen there. So get ready once again. Uh, tomorrow night will be the CONCACAF Nations League preview show. My guests will be Dwayne Rollins, the 24th Minute Blog over in Canada, Soccer Today, Sports Podcasting Network with Kevin Laramie, and, of course, Robert Hay from World Soccer Talk. He'll be helping me preview the U.S. men's national team, and that should be a fun one as well. I want to thank my guest tonight, even though he came in, we're trying to connect, and we finally did. Hope to have him back on again soon. Uh, Jaden Fanietti of Curacao Football News and Edwin Giacino from Football Boricua on the Puerto Rican national team. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care. And I hope everything will go well for you and for everyone else. Enjoy the CONCACAF Nations League. Enjoy the Gold Cup. Cannot wait. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. And as always, please enjoy your football.